0: Hey yeah, guys, how are you? Matt the Big Bear Redwoods here, welcome to my podcast. On this mate, we talk about all sorts of topics, from forty fishing, beers, all kinds. So come and join me mate, sit back, relax, and enjoy the bloody show, but let's have a yak, shall we? Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to this first episode of uh, Having a Yak with me, your host Matt the Big Bear Redwoods, or you can just stick with Matt. Uh, Today, I've actually got myself a special guest. Uh, Like I said to you in the introduction episode, um, he's going to be with me a fair bit on each episode, I'd reckon. Uh, Not all episodes, but most episodes, I'd reckon. Uh, It's my good mate, Andrew. What's going on, mate? Uh, Very little. Very little, yes. Especially at at these crazy times that we're actually dealing with at the moment with this virus. Uh, It's just one of those things, isn't it? Andrew, <laughs> I'm, mate, that was your cue. <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, I missed, I missed that one altogether. Sorry, I was just thinking that was um, something else. Then go on.
0: No, nah, mate, no, nah, it's all good. Uh, I'm just saying that it's, it's pretty crazy times at the moment, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a world a first for um for myself, and I'm pretty sure for you as well.
0: Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, definitely. We, what I don't honestly think we've ever dealt with anything like this before, have we?
1: Nah, no, it's it's something which I gotta admit it's a bit surreal because even right up until even the whole time you're always sort of thinking, ah, oh, this is you know, just another which is actually something I wouldn't mind touching on is um Yeah Gonna go straight into it. Do you think that after this f- finishes and we get to the other side, do you reckon yep. one of the things that should be addressed? is from now on in, this should serve as a warning that the media's got to stop telling us the world's coming to an end every second week because I, I reckon at least 70% of this could have been fixed, could have been solved a lot sooner if we weren't so desensitised to the world coming to an end, if, if so to speak. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone took it seriously until we realised that it actually was a legitimate issue. Because I think we all just went, oh, what now? Yeah, I know. it's It it's, becomes a bit of white noise.
0: Yeah, I reckon because um, like we're not going to point our fingers at all media. Um, but at the same time, it is most media because it's been all over the news, isn't it? That all this fear-mongering bloody bullshit um, about how bad this virus is. And it has actually been proven that how bad this virus is. It is bad we're on level three at the moment uh, restrictions here but i dare say for a fact that shit has to be said Shit has to be done and um basically people have to be responsible for their actions in some ways uh about how definitely how they have uh, reacted to this type of shit. and i reckon too that's there should be i wouldn't say a royal commission because we have raw commissions over fucking everything these days. But um, it just seems like something has to be done, like really has to be done.
1: Yeah, because I, I truly believe that, I, I would say at least 70% of, of people, when this first started coming out, generally didn't take it seriously because we've been here a million times before where the government's told us, or the, not the government, pardon me, The media's come out, and especially sixty minutes. I think sixty minutes is one of the worst for it. They're always telling us there's something that's going to end the world in the next year, and it's just constant, constant, constant. And eventually, when something does need something does need to be done, and there is action required, no one takes it seriously. No one believes what, what they're hearing because it's just because they're desensitized to it.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, it's just it's too much fear in mate. And this bloody bullshit. Like, um, like, when, like I'm doing this podcast on the sixteenth or the fourth. Um, it's pretty. Uh, we're probably in in more or less in the middle stages of this virus, so we're doing this podcast a bit late. But that's just the way times are.
1: Well, I'd say I'd say depending on where you are in the world, really, just yeah, exactly. The way you're at. I mean, I'd say in Australia, we're, truthfully, we're probably on the way out, I think. Mm. More more so, l- luckily, touch wood than a lot of other countries.
0: Yeah. But there was a big fucking fascination, mate, with fucking tall paper. Like, what the fucking hand sanitizer and hand wipes and fucking everything else, mate.
1: Well, the hand sanitizer and hand wipes kind of make, kind of do have some, um they do make some sense you know that yeah. but the toilet paper is one i couldn't really like
0: people were just bloody panic buying mate it's like what the fuck are you doing mate you're bloody buying nearly 10 fucking packets of toilet rolls what are you gonna do <laughs> Fucking build a cubby house with it
1: yeah well at, at the start when it first when this first started happening i, I remember f- trying to figure out is there a link between toilet paper and the virus because i thought hand sanitizer sure that makes sense. You know, wipes and that makes makes sense. But yeah. the toilet paper still, I, I it has not really no one's provided an answer as to what is as to what it was meant you know what what
0: help it will be. Well, I've actually got a question for you mate, where the fuck did it actually start? That's what I want to eh? know. Like when when did this bloody bullshit with the toilet rolls actually start? Like It kinda of happened out of nowhere. Like I mean, in a yeah. course of a couple of days, there was no real
1: um, no real building period to it, and
0: it just seems very strange, mate. It really does, and um, people are not listening. Like at the moment, like I said, we're on stage three. People are still not fucking listening to stay home. Um, I'm guilty of that, but I go shopping. I I'd do food shopping. That's the only times I really go out. I go food shopping. But it's these people who go down to the beach, like I meant, like you probably know this too, mate. That uh, first time we ended up having level two restrictions and level three restrictions actually first came in. When, unfortunately, when all those people got put off of their work, which was freaking terrible. Um, everyone decided, well, okay, well, I've got a day off now for a few weeks or whatever the bloody case is. I'm going to go down to the bloody beach. And you're supposed to have this 1.5 metre um, distance away from you, but yet no one's really talking. You know, uh, not talking. No one's really listening and um, talking about, well, I suppose we better, you know, uh, follow what medical people actually say, like these medical experts actually are saying, well, you know, distance yourself, but no one's listening.
1: <laughs> well, that's actually something in which I, I will touch on a little bit too, is that... I I do find it hard to be critical of those people simply because of what we said at the start is that another thing to... This is probably the root of the issue. Yeah. There was one... Um. Now, I can't, I'm not going to quote him 100%. I'm not going to name a name because I, don't, I can't really remember off the top of my head, but he was saying that nearly 120-odd thousand people in Australia will get this virus... And that was really the start of the panic. And now, since then, that bloke has proven to be absolutely full of shit. Yeah. Because no country in the world's got 125 viruses as of yet, let alone a country like Australia. Yeah. But more to the point, there was no evidence in what he said. And he recently, about a week ago, said Australia's on the verge of the virus dying out, which is a far cry from what he said four weeks earlier. Now, things can change in four weeks, but they can't change that drastically, which shows that his original statement was not based on anything, which is why we've got to stop these people having a voice. We can't let people like that be able to... Where's the accountability in the media to say, right,
0: we need facts, we we can't have opinions and really answers mate need answers yeah um that, that's the whole thing mate but yeah you yeah, go, go on but that, that to me is what the biggest issue of this whole thing is
1: is too many people are putting in opinions and not even educated opinions they're just like some of these professors and that have just been compl- have been throwing ridiculous numbers out there yeah which as we can see quite clearly have been you know being proven absolutely farcical, but what will happen is in a year's time they'll start they'll start throwing other things out there about about something else. Oh yeah, well, they and always then, do,
0: mate. They always do.
1: but I, I truly <laughs> think at some stage there needs to be some accountability on, in the media, and especially in what people say. Yeah, people who have a public voice is probably better way better, that. Better,
0: better way to put it yeah uh I is this it's one of those things mate where um in some ways you don't know cause this is cause the media have been proven they're full shit like how do we really can actually listen to um the media if they're actually telling lies or not are they actually telling lies uh, are they actually telling the truth? Are they, you know, extend? Are they doing the fucking um, the goldfish bloody method? And people who don't know what the goldfish method is or what it, whatever it is, it's basically taking the goldfish and extending it out to a great white shark, which means they take one little story and extend it out to, and they just dramatize it to where there's nothing really true about it, really.
1: Yeah, and I feel like a large um. A large part of this whole issue has been um, it's been so many different, different, so much different information, and you just don't really know what the truth is. And I feel like we're learning more and more that this virus in Australia, anyway, isn't quite isn't quite as bad as it is overseas. Thankfully, Yes, Now, yes, definitely. Now, if we had had some calm from the start, we wouldn't have had that panic buying, we wouldn't have had all this drama, and things would have been a lot smoother, but no one really knew what it is, what it's got, what's going on.
0: Yeah, well, it's like this bloody, What like the, um, the theories have now come out, mate, right? the theories have now come out, <laughs> the fucking theories. They reckon that this is a man-made virus, and they reckon that this, uh, well, I'm not factoring nothing. I'm not saying that people have said this, I'm just saying what I've heard. Um, and Andrew will probably say the same thing. We just say what we hear, we do not factoring no one. Unless I'll say, I quote, that's when I know for a fact. But the thing is, too, is that people reckon, uh, or some people reckon, that this is a world thinner. Now, what that means is that um, all the oldies are getting infected and because nearly, uh, what do you reckon, Andrew, probably um, nearly three-quarters of the cases and the, um, the people who have actually unfortunately died have been over 70. But... Well, in
1: Australia, it's pretty much, I'd say, almost 80 90% in Australia, that is, but yeah. for the rest of the world, I don't really know. I haven't really looked into the rest of the world too much, but
0: but hey, don't get me wrong either, mate. I'm not um, saying it's just the oldies. Um, unfortunately, there actually have been a couple of young ones die as well, which we are very sorry about. Um, and for the oldies, of course, but when it comes to the young little kids, like I think there was one, uh, I think she was only like a little toddler, and that was pretty bad. But um,
1: From what I understand, um, I feel like body, you have to be comp If you're under the age of 40... I feel under the age of fifty, I'd say. I feel like, from what all the information, you have to have and be already compromised quite severely for it to, for it to take your life. Um, yeah. I think if you're over the age of fifty, it's a bit different, but that's just from what I um. From what I understand, I mean, it's not like, the virus itself. I don't think is anywhere near as bad as, say, AIDS or um, or something like that. The difference is of, of how easy it spreads, and that's where the issue lies. Is that, sure, you can it can get contracted by a fit 20, 27 year old, 30 year old. That they're not they may not even know, right? Yep. But he could pass that on to two or three people in their 70s and they lose their life or pass on to someone who's just battling cancer or just gotten over leukemia or something like that yeah. who's already, you know, immune system's already down. That's that's the issue. And that's why I think panic buying and all that is so bad is because we've got to help people who genuinely are vulnerable.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Um, well, this um coronavirus, and uh, I'm not exactly quoting this, um, but we've had uh, two point uh, well, 2,107,433 Casey, uh, cases, sorry, cases, <laughs> cases, casey. what the fuck, oh, wasn't well, that a footy team, Casey Scorpions, or something? Uh, <laughs> Um, like, uh, I've got some stats here, and the biggest one out of the whole lot of them has actually been in the United States with over, uh, six, uh 644,806. Uh, Spain, I'm, actually, I'm not going to say all the numbers, because I'm not going to bore you blokes, everyone, uh, about numbers, but the more or less the tally goes is that, um, United States has won uh, Spain, Italy, France, Germany... U.K., China, Iran, Turkey, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands, Brazil, Canada, Russia, Switzerland, Portugal, Austria, India, Israel, Ireland, Sweden, Peru, South Korea, Japan, Chile, Exeter, buddy, everyone. But on here, like on this list, Australia has only had six thousand four hundred sixty-eight cases, compared to, like I said, the United States over, like over six hundred thousand. Um, and the thing is, too, is that out of all those cases, I'm not going to say exactly how much of each thing, but um, we've only had 2,107,433 cases, but we've only had um, 136,980 deaths, but we've had recovered, Now, this is a good number, 523,439 cases have actually been recovered.
1: Now, that's, um, that in there is where people should read that, take a deep breath and realize that It's you've, you've got to relax a little bit about this in terms of, sure, a lot of, um, that's a large number of deaths and say that they have passed away. Yeah. But you've also got to look at the fact that if you were to look at if you were to look at what suicide does, I'm not saying it's worse, better, or even different, is that a lot of lives are taken in a lot of our things that we're missing, we're losing perspective of, and we just need to calm down a tad with this whole thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. But that's our this is our opinion on, on this virus, and um, we are making progress with it, which is... Fucking fantastic! We are doing the right thing by doing what we're doing. I think I'm um, uh, not going to quote the actual numbers, but I think we've more or less came down what nearly seventy percent of what the cases have been the last week or so. We've come down. Well, from Victoria in Australia,
1: well, in Australia last last night, which would have been the fifth between the fifteenth and the sixteenth, there was only twenty one new cases. Yeah, and nine of those cases came from the one nursing home.
0: Yeah, so, that was shocking, that was. Yeah, that was that's bad. shocking,
1: but that means realistically there's only probably three different areas where the virus is really at the moment. So we we need to be thankful for that, and it's one of those things where we need to, as Australians, need to look around a, a bit at at what America, what England's going through, and just sit here and say, yeah. we, we can't keep... Attacking our government and all that kind of stuff, because really, what they've done is actually quite remarkable. So oh, one shit, of them, yeah!
0: Oh, yeah! Definitely.
1: We we need to be a bit thankful that. Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not overly political, but I just meet. Oh, I'm me. just sitting here and saying that, yeah, there are some things we can look at this and say they've handled it well, and sure, could we probably be out of lockdown? We probably could right now. But it's better safe than sorry, and it's it's one of those things where another month or two isn't going to kill anyone, and if we can get out of this with our, with our grandparents and, and people who are sick and giving them a chance, then, yep. then really, a month or two is not going to bother me, personally, yep. and I'm sure it's not going to bother Matt.
0: No, no, mate. I'm just going to sit here in my little studio here and um, make a podcast with you. So, well, good. Um, and, uh, now just a bit, now, we've talked a bit about the coronavirus now, um, and sound like a news broadcaster anyway. Um, but that's it, that's, that's just what our opinions are, and... Yeah, take them for what they're worth. Exactly. If you don't like them, you don't like them. If you agree with them, thank you very much. But it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things where, um... You kind of uh, you kind of got to have a bit of a bit of a say. You can't just get told to shut the fuck up and just go on by your life because you can't do it. And um, but yeah, that's basically it. Now I don't know if you could tell, but the way Andrew's sounding is a bit different to me because Andrew's actually not here. He's actually in Melbourne, and I'm Southwest Victoria. Um, so we can't actually see each other. Well, we actually. Uh, I went over to his place there one night before all the shit really hit the fan. Probably the start of it, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And bloody lucky um, I did go when I did go. Bloody hell. But um, it, it really hit the fan fucking quick. Like, it really hit the fan.
1: And I think that's the thing where when we say hit the fan, we mean we've also got to put in perspective... It really hasn't been anywhere near what it's been overseas over here. Oh, and no. that's due to the government taking swift action.
0: Yep. I actually, I agree with um, most things that the government have done with this case. They have uh, seen a problem, they've isolated it, and they um, they've dealt with it. So that's the best thing to do. But um just to talk about me and Andrew now. Now, Andrew and I, we went to school together. You and Andrew, we. Um, well <laughs> uh, I was a year nine, year ten, Andrew uh, there was you're a year eight when I first met you, didn't I? Uh, yeah, two thousand and five, two thousand and six,
1: yeah. Yeah. Good Would
0: word. have been yeah, seven, eight. <laughs> but um but yeah, we've been mates for oh, well yeah, two thousand and six, where we are now about freaking, fifteen years. Yeah, about fifteen fucking years. Jesus Christ. But um We've been through a heap of gear, haven't we? And uh, we always talk shit on here and we're always going to talk shit on the PlayStation and words like that. Um,
1: yeah, talk shit where it be about each other, where it, it be about life or anything. One of those friendships where how, we can argue like cats and dogs, but...
0: will always be there. Always about that. Yeah,
1: it's one of those things where I'll... Whereas, it's one of those friendships where... Oh, I can bag the crap out of Matt. Matt can bag the crap out of me. But if somebody else bags one of us, then
0: <laughs> they're fucked. <laughs> yeah. But um, just another point uh, too about um what we do here is that when I said in my introduction episode when I said that I'd um you know have a chat with a mate at a pub, and that this is what I'm referring to, like I'll bring people on. And it would just what be this type of uh like scenario, just having a chat at the pub. Uh, or at home having a coffee or something like that. But um just one of those type you know, type of things. But um one other thing too that uh me and Andrew are very passionate about is that is football. You now I told you in my introduction that I'm a Carlton fan and uh, Andrew here is a North Melbourne kangaroos fan. And yep. at the moment, we are having, oh I am, I'm having withdrawal symptoms because I can't watch my footy. Uh, I bet you're probably feeling the same way too, ain't you? Yeah,
1: it's just a bit weird because this time of year is usually dominated by football and, you know, you're so used to watching the news and and seeing highlights and just the general talk about that. When it's not there, you're kind of like, well, fuck,
0: what do we what do? What the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> but, um. Now, but we have some good news on that. Yes, but well, you actually were gonna tell me uh, before we started recording you know, What what was the uh the news that you found out about the AFL, mate?
1: it was actually the NRL.
0: Um oh, NRL, which
1: sorry. I, I believe these two go pretty much hand in hand. Um Hopefully. I I I get the feeling that the NRL in Australia had um knew something that the rest of us didn't know because about two weeks ago they released a um, a start date for their season at as May 28th yep. which at the time everyone thought what the hell there's no way in the world yeah
0: it was a bit ruddy, but, ridiculous really
1: but yeah in the last couple of days especially with the numbers dropping so rapidly and with all of a sudden the talks just shifted almost overnight to a way to us en- exiting all this it's it makes you wonder did they know something that the rest of us didn't or were they um or were they studying the numbers and did they get advice from from health professionals and they've made a genius decision because really their time frame right now we've only 21 new cases in Australia and with being in 4 weeks time if things continue on this trend they um they might have uh, struck gold with that with that announcement.
0: Yeah, I reckon so too, and uh, hopefully that the AFL follows suit.
1: And that is something I wouldn't mind touching on too. Is that a lot of people are are genuinely um absolutely opposed to it all and just saying, "Oh well, why is football important? Why is sport important?" And it's not it's not just about about the sport itself or about the money from the stockholders, which, you know, they probably obviously want to line their pockets and it doesn't take a genius to figure that out too. Is But you've also got to think of the um, mental well-being of of athletes who don't, aren't geared the way pe- normal people are. Yeah, As hard as it is for someone like me and Matt, it's probably almost double that for someone who lives their life in a competitive mindset.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. Especially if you're a rugby player, a boxer, a football player, a soccer player, anyone who actually does play sport professionally, this would be killing them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily the money. That, that, that's what people kind of, um, everyone sort of thinks it's all about money, and it's all this stuff in the fair, but I truly believe a lot of this, a lot of this, the damage from this will be mental, um, and I believe that's something that in years to come is really going to, in months to come, is really going to be
0: the difficulty of all this. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's not even um, just the athletes too. It's the bloody motorsport as well. Like the Grand Prix was cancelled. Um, then the bloody uh, the V8s have now been cancelled. Uh, only had one race for the year. But now it's all going esports apparently.
1: Yeah, well, that's one industry which is probably benefiting from this more than any other.
0: So, like bloody um, uh, like I, I don't know where bloody it, it was I actually heard about it, but um, it was on uh, some bloody thing I was looking. At, I think it was on Facebook or something. Uh, Scott uh, Scott McLaughlin was um, doing uh, esports, and so was the Calibrellas and a couple of the others. So I suppose it yeah, looks and
1: to they've got um, something. a few of the F one boys have joined them. Max Verstappen's actually um yeah, he's joining in way, on the Yeah. Um that'd be interesting. Yeah, so I mean it's one of those things where people are finding their ways, um their way through it.
0: Yeah, it's just um it just seems like um some people just don't seem to uh, really in some ways respect or take well actually Revise all that. Um, probably the best probably way to say, or the best thing to probably say, is that people are no longer going to be able to take... Like, like, this, like, this is no shit. I was thinking about this actually today, to be honest. No one now, in their right mind, unless you're a fucking hermit, um, will take it for granted, going to the beach. Going down for a coffee. Going down for Maccas, going down for KFC, going down to watch a movie. Even no one is actually going to take this type of shit for granted anymore, because everyone has more or less um, been in their house, in, in their house, in their house uh, for isolation and that. But like I can't tell you from experience. But the thing I do not appreciate is, and I dare say, Edge will probably say the same thing. Um. Is that people are saying, like this stupid bloody it said, I had seen on Facebook, that it's worse than prison. It's like being in prison. Yeah. And I'm thinking, mate, really? Like, I've never been to prison. Andrew probably hasn't been to prison. Um, but, I don't know, but for a fact, but, um,. <laughs> You getting told not fucking told me nothing, mate. You've been talking nothing. Um being in the GV for a little bit but not in prison. <laughs> no freaking prison. Um but to say like turn around and say publicly that um it's you know, it's better um it's not as good as being in prison or something or it's like being in prison, like, what the fuck, mate? Have you ever been in bloody prison? <laughs> like I know for a fact that um uh, I don't think it'd be more like being in prison. And um, the people who are actually saying that it is like being in prison, they're multi-fucking millionaires. And they've got everything on their bloody fingertips. Yeah, so, prisons are a bit of a different world. What's your bloody uh, thought of that, mate? Um,
1: It, it probably segues into a, lot, into a lot of things in which it all comes into one. One of my biggest pet peeves in society is that we're... Far, far too, boisterous in what we say. I mean, I understand freedom of speech, and I'm not suggesting anything other than that. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that we become anti freedom of speech, but you you also got to, you know, there's also a fair use policy to freedom of speech. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. You you know, you you got to be accountable for what you say, and to say. They come out and say something like, "Oh, it's worse than being in prison." That's, well, that's, that's just complete of rubbish. Yeah, and and it's just one of those things where we've gotten so comfortable saying that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, mate, unless you've actually been in fucking prison, more or less keep your fucking mouth shut, more or less. But um, pretty much, yeah. But um, like uh. In some ways, right, I should really put it towards Andrew too because he actually is a professional uh, boxer. You haven't fought in a while. But how would, actually, in your actual, well, your class is an expert. You know, you're a professional boxer. You, you've trained. You've done all that shit. Yep. What what's um what type of bloody, in some ways, mindset that a professional boxer would have to go through because the bloody gyms are shut. Everyone else would be pull off work. What type of mindset would a boxer actually be in this at this point in time? Because we've been in what uh, about four or five weeks in isolation. What would a professional boxer actually be going through right now? Well, it's probably
1: a double-edged sword. I mean, it's one of those things where if you if you had a fight date lined up and it was and everything was in was in progress and you're in the middle of a training camp, it would be a very empty feeling because you're working so hard towards something and you obviously, you know it's, you think, it oh, okay, it's got all this hard work going to on this date and you'll hit the point where you get the news that hey, everything's off. Yeah. The first thing you're going to think is, oh, well, what do I do now? But then you've got this other thing where you realise that once this ends, you're going to have to swing, to click right back into it. Yeah, and to touch on what we we're talking about before, because I'm glad you brought this up, it's yep. it's probably when I um we we're touching on what I was saying about people being too opinionated is I have a real pet peeve, and, and like, and it's something in which the average person would have no concept of is that you hear it a lot about footballers in particular. Yeah. Now I'm not a footballer. I don't know. How, you know what? I my sport is entirely different to AFL. Not, but those blokes cop it day in day out. Oh, they get paid enough. They shouldn't complain anything out like in the third. This, all this, all this. They should try working a nine to five job. Well, I will put this forward to anyone, whether it be a truck driver, whether it be a farmer, whether it be a bricklayer. Now they're all tough jobs. I agree with that. But I don't think any of those boys would be able to handle the mental pressure that an elite-level athlete... And I'm not elite by any stretch of the imagination, so... But an elite-level athlete, the pressure they'd have to go through, not just the physical training and all that kind of stuff, because that's one thing, and that's probably the easiest part, but when you've got millions of eyes on you, that's something in which the average person will never understand. Of course. And... You know, my small window into it, I can at least understand that these people, the pressure that's on them, it, it's got to be something in which it will be doubled when you when you're reading with social media, with Twitter, with Facebook, you know, every news article always running a certain person down. That's where I think we as a society have got to show restraint and stop hammering people that are in public eye. Yeah. Because you've got to imagine what it's like to have not just one or two, because we've all been there, we've had one or two people that we can't stand that give us grief. Yeah. We can just switch those people off and forget about them. You can't switch off 100,000 people. Yeah. Well, you can't switch off millions of people. And that is something... It, that for all, not just athletes, for all celebrities, if something can change in the world, that is something I'd like to see change. Yeah, definitely. Is the, the pressure that... Because it's so easy to do it on social media. You, you say something, you don't even verbally say it. You, you, you type it out. Yeah. But it still has an impact on
0: someone to read it. Oh, of course. And it would, buddy. It would... Um... Especially if you you bloody you read something that's really really negative, and that they'll that, that bloody drop their confidence down to the fucking rose, mate, and would make them feel like bloody shit. But anyway, as you were saying, yeah, go ahead. Enter. Huh? Well, why have lost him there? Might um uh, might still have him here, because 'Cause we're actually talking over Facebook, so just give him a minute. Um might just give him a call back and uh see um see what happens. Alright, see what see what we can get get on to him.
1: Yellow.
0: Yeah, mate. Bloody cut out there.
1: Yeah, I got no idea what happened just then.
0: <laughs> ah, the joys of internet. The joys of bloody internet. Right. Anyway, um, so, so we're we'll talking about the mindset of the of a professional boxer or professional athlete. Um, so basically, the other question I probably have for you, mate, is now I know like, I don't know for a full fact, but I know from you that what you've told me. The amount of training that you do, like, I've seen some boxers are fucking ripped. This type of thing would be pretty hard on because they would have to be training every single day uh, in certain uh, certain points of, um, but, you know, certain exercises, different uh, ways of life that they, you know, I used to, like doing a 4K run or that, that type of shit. What, what type of training would they have to be doing to keep, I'm sure, that they're... Uh, that, like, their bodies are in tip-top shape.
1: Well, the simple answer is there's probably there's nothing they can really do that can keep them in a, in a fight-ready state because, you know, you, you can't spar anyone, which yeah. people don't know is when you simulate a fight, a training style. Um, and that's very important to a boxer.
0: That is very important to a boxer, isn't it? Yeah, like that, that's to everything
1: to them. That, that's all your timing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I mean, you can run for miles, but there's nothing that's going to get you anywhere, anywhere near the shape that. You, and it's going to. It takes months to get into that shape, too. Really. So a lot of these fighters who had big fights coming up. Um, for instance, I'll bring up a, a recent one between Wilder and Fury. Deontay Wilder lost his heavyweight title, and he ordered. He wanted an immediate rematch. Well, the problem he's going to face now is. He wants that title back more than anything else, and it's eaten him alive. And now he's got to sit there in a holding pattern for, for for how long? Just imagine the pressure that you'd not the pressure, pardon me. Imagine the frustration that you would feel not being able to right a wrong. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably it. fighters like that who um who had fights in the works they're the ones that this is really affecting. Fighters who were just in the in a bit of a no-man's land, you know, trying to organise another fight, it's not too bad for them because, really, they were in this stage beforehand.
0: Yeah. I, I just
1: can't imagine what it would be like for people who, you know, people who had fights lined up and everything. It would just be horrible. Yeah. But in saying that, it's probably... it's. It's better than probably being a seven-year-old having this virus. So I guess there's always a brighter day to it.
0: There's always a silver lining, mate. I think, um, I think the word is, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's, um, it's just basically something that um, people just have to kind of uh, just kind of back off from. Like, yeah, okay, you've just been put off your job, all that type of shit. I feel sorry for you. I really do. But the, you, you're not the only one who's been going through shit. Like, like I said, the AFL, NRL, boxers, VIP car drivers, F1 drivers, everyone who's in a um, who's in a professional sport, they have almost all been shut down. Like the NBA shut down, apparently, the NFL shut down, the NHL shut down, all the FIFA and that type shit's been shut down. And it's, yeah,
1: and it's it, sorry to cut you off her mate. Yeah, um, right, yeah, you're right. You're probably to touch on on the issue of people. People, you, you saying everyone's being put out of work? Yeah. People complaining about sports starting again. Ask yourself something: to, Would Joe Blow in the corner, whose um, whose local business is shut down, would you have a problem with him being able to reopen his doors? No, you wouldn't. So why would you have a problem with things like the AFL starting back up again when it's got two things: it's providing much-needed entertainment the people who are stuck at home, more, yep. most importantly. And a lot of these athletes a lot of what's a lot of the sport itself is what keeps them mentally sane.
0: Yeah. So right.
1: I mean and it's one of those things where I do understand what people people fear about it but really you wouldn't stop Joe Joe and the convenience store from reopening. So why would you stop a a bigger business that has a chance to reopen?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's actually uh, very similar to what I heard. Um, Apparently, uh, they're going to get a DJ to go into one of the games and do a 7.1 surround sound uh, thing of a match that's actually been recorded of the crowd. Um, Yeah, I did hear that. And... Like, I understand because I know some of the players have come on and they've said, well, yeah, we're, we're playing, say, at the MCG and we've just kicked a goal and we're so used to having a, the big roar of the crowd and, you know, banging all the bloody, on the fences and that type of shit and all the clapping and cheering and, you know. It would be kind of make the players feel out of place, like, I wouldn't be thinking, oh, okay, I just kicked a bloody goal from about 60 metres out and right in front, or I've just done a bloody side kick on the boundary, and, you know, done one of um, Eddie Betts' famous kicks. And um, it just seems like, oh, okay, what's the freaking point? But I suppose at some point, if they want to have this uh, crowd can, uh, I think they're calling it, um Around when they should do kick a goal, and this DJ hits a button and the whole crowd erupts. I suppose that might give some satisfaction to the player, but I understand why they're doing it for the players. I understand that, and for the um, for the viewers at home, like trust me, I dare say you'll say this too, mate. It felt so bloody weird watching a game with no crowd, and all you actually hear every single yell and scream that the teams are saying. Like, yeah, these, the yelling these. was coming from the players, yeah. and not the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was so bloody strange, mate. Like I don't know about you, but I just found it. It was. It was Although like, I like, did, oh, it's not like
1: weird. I did notice something in once the game got going, you kind of <laughs> forgot all about it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so I mean, it, it can work without um without crowds. It's just got to be one of those things
0: where as be a bit of going... the players too that's the whole thing yeah um <laughs> oh, it's like um uh i can't remember exactly what country it was it was one of the asian countries anyway and uh china. hey china china um i don't think it was actually in china um but I think it was like in uh, malaysia or something and uh I was like well, I think it was baseball, I think they were talking. Have you heard this, mate? Um about some Asian country um bringing their baseball back to back to life and that. And instead of having no crowds there, they're putting cutouts of crowd people there. Have you heard that, about that?
1: <laughs> no no no, but that's a bit keen.
0: <laughs> but I oh, but the worst thing was, mate, they've got these big robots, um I can't remember I just it was on the other day on the news and I I literally pissed myself laughing. it was so bloody funny. I know how ridiculous it was. Like, you can't, you can't, you just can't do it. You can't go onto a stadium and put on these, like, these cutouts of these so-called people and put masks on them. That was a funny touch, too. They actually put little fucking, like, surgery mask over the bloody, um, over the mouths. That was a pretty stupid fucking thing about it. But um, they've got these people, and they've actually got mannequins um going down the you know the freaking aisles with food, like you know the old bloody hot pies, cold drinks, you know that type of shit. They'll actually yeah, go going... for a footy hot dog right now. Oh yeah, a nice four and twenty pie. And that well, that that's another episode, guys. Um, that's another topic. What to have? Um four and twenty pie. What what to actually what to have at the footy? That it's another episode, not another topic, but. Um, because we've been going on for about 45 just minutes. No more mate. Corona.
1: more
0: Corona. That is something I would like. When this
1: all ends, if we can just get rid of Corona as a beer, I'd be very happy with it.
0: Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, oh, Jesus. It, did you know they've actually been shut down? Well, the production of Corona has actually been shut down?
1: Not a moment too soon.
0: No. And I know this for fact, but I'm pretty sure, um... Like, I heard about it, and uh, it was on the news, or it was on Facebook. Everything's on bloody Facebook, but the whole thing is, is that you don't always believe what's on Facebook. Um, apparently, because... Wait,
1: Facebook doesn't tell the truth all the time?
0: Oh, no, it does, mate. Don't you know that? Wink, wink, and nutch nudge. nudge. <laughs> no, mate, it doesn't. No, not all the time. That um, could have fooled me. Oh, yeah. Bloody fools everyone, but doesn't it? Um, but the whole thing was, is that apparently... Because it was called coronavirus, they actually wanted to get corona to change their names. Hmm, excuse me, I've actually got the hiccups. It's like, what the hell, really, what the hell?
1: Yeah, that's a bit, uh, a bit keen. A
0: bit uh, far-fetched too. <laughs> really, a bit far-fetched.
1: I think you have to try and stop the way you stop certain words. Like, oh, I'm just going down to the shops to get a case of the corona. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming back to the case of Corona.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but one thing I do want to ask your opinion on, mate, is who um, shot JFK? Oh God, no! That's another episode, man. That's another episode. Um, what is your thoughts on the Ruby Princess? <gasps> the Ruby Princess, the infamous cruise ship.
1: Oh. Well, it's six of one and a half a dozen of the other. Really, I mean, I can't I, I understand people being outraged by it. But I mean, I, I, I just I don't really know what could have been done about. It. I mean, obviously, we know the original stuff up, and and yeah, that that was a big stuff up. But at the same at the same stage, you, you've got to be. This is all unprecedented. So really, yeah. I. I it's a dangerous one to sort of get into that one because you really open up a can of worms by can of worms by saying
0: it. Oh yeah. No, it's just it's been all over the bloody news about this infamous ship, the Ruby Princess. It's just one of those things uh not many really, well it's been mentioned and unfortunately a couple of people have died um from it and all talk. A couple That's of people,
1: been, it's like twenty yeah.
0: percent of all our cases. Exactly. Um and uh mate, I was kind of being generous. Yeah, come on. Uh, apparently, half actually, of, be
1: telling me it's not China's fault. Oh, geez,
0: mate. oh no, no. <laughs> jeez, mate, I don't know. mate, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you don't know. You just don't know. Oh jeez, it could have been fucking uh, formed up in a bloody basement, den uh, fucking whoop whoop. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I. Whatever. It's just one of those things where. Um, people are really bad mouthing the government and about it, and it hasn't what actually wasn't uh, just a Ruby Princess, it was also, um, I'm not gonna name the ships, but apparently, Tuesday, what the hell, um, (laughs) and um, the whole thing was too, is uh, um. The, it wasn't just the Rue princess it was like three or four different ships but anyway this is the way it goes um well we've been going on for nearly uh forty nine minutes now and uh I just reckon that's shit will change well this is more um us wrapping up there tonight mate um and I reckon that shit will have to change and I reckon after this virus is dealt with and all that type of shit. We'll probably talk about it probably next episode as well, but probably not as much because we're going to have another topic to talk about, of course. Um, but we'll give you updates about what's going on and, yeah, that type of shit. Um, but it's... It's just one of those things where if, uh... If nothing does not get done or nothing gets changed, we have learnt nothing. Um... And that's that's basically my final thoughts on that subject anyway. What about you, Matt?
1: Well, I I just feel like it's, I probably agree with you that something needs to be changed, and I feel like what needs to be changed is just more accountability for the media. Yeah. I, and I'm going to name a show that I think is one of the worst for it, and that's 60 Minutes. I feel like that, that show is probably a large reason why no one believed this when it first happened. Yeah. Because they're they're constantly finding stories, they're constantly and there's no there's never any accountability for what they say or what they do, so
0: Yeah.
1: if if my opinion, harsh as it may sound, that show just needs to be axed because it's brought nothing but crap and drama. So Yeah. And also pull your head out your ass for anyone who actually seriously watches that show. <laughs>
0: Well, I suppose we're all entitled to that thing, but yeah, uh, what's um uh what was one of the journalists she actually got freaking put in prison because they they went somewhere that they weren't allowed to um uh, was that bloody Sheila, uh, I can't remember her name now, but um yeah, but uh oh, Jesus, I know, but um anyway, so uh anything else you want to add to that mate?
1: That's about all we can have, but I probably should just say m- most podcasts won't be this sombre and this um serious. It's just probably just a,
0: it's just a, a one-off. That, it's just one of those subjects, mate, that we just we had to talk about. Even though it is their first episode, I know that, and all the rest of it. But um, I don't take my words seriously. Don't take Andrew's words seriously. We're just saying our opinions, mate. I've said it nearly four times in this podcast right now it is our opinions we are entitled to our opinions like i know some um i know that some people can't handle having a bloody opinion and some people can't handle other people having a bloody opinion um it's just one of those things but uh anyway um i was actually going to do a fact of the day but i really can't be bored um no because you told me off air and it kind of sucked so oh, really? Right, what?
1: Learned about the Roman Mile? Really?
0: Okay. I don't think anyone really gives a shit about the Roman Mile. Sorry the Roman that. Mile, yeah. No one cares about
1: the Roman Mile? Really? The only Roman I care about is Roman Brian. Who the hell oh, is Roman Bryan? not
0: you don't know who Roman Brian is? Oh, my
1: God,
0: father. Oh, Jesus, mate. We'll just explain to the people who actually don't know who Ryan Brian is.
1: Well, you explain.
0: I don't know who Brian is. <laughs> 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 Brian Taylor from oh, um, Channel Seven Footy. Brian Taylor. Oh, Brian Taylor. Who the fuck are you calling him?
1: Roaming Brian. Every Friday night after the game, he, he oh, roams around yeah. the winning locker room.
0: I was going to say, what Roman Brian? What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> roaming Brian. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, too, is that most people freaking take off when he comes. Oh, he comes, Brian. Fucking take off, run. <laughs> But, um, for good reason. <laughs> oh, but it just bloody gets in their faces, mate. I don't know. But um, anyway, guys. right? Uh, right? Brian. Brian. But anyway, guys, um, I'll catch you later on. And uh, thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, I'll see you for the next one. See ya. Hey, Matt here. So that's it for this whole episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to give me a review of five stars or whatever you want to do. On here, it sure does help. Make sure you head over to my Facebook page and my YouTube channel, Matt It Was Media, to see all the updates and videos that I do. Want to give me a hand and donate to my PayPal? You're more than happy to, mate. Go over to paypal.me slash Media and donate whatever you want. doesn't ruin me. Thanks very much in advance for it, that's for sure. Thanks very much for joining me today and I'll hope to see you soon for the next one. Catch you then.